Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do worship you and we praise you, Father. Father, I just thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. I pray for every heart here and every mind here today, Father, that they'll be focused on you, that their hearts will be open, their minds will be alert, and they will seek you and your word. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the last few weeks we've talked about, other than last week, we've talked about hope and the importance of hope. And, and really this week, uh, again, the Lord just, I just cannot really get away from this. I had a plan that, uh, that I was going to teach on hope for two or three weeks, and then we was going to move into faith. But uh, the Lord has just really kind of stirred my heart on this hope thing. And the title of the sermon today is Hope, the Origin of Faith. And Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, 1 I'm going, to, I'm going to read that to you this, this morning. The Holmes Christian Standard, it says, Now faith is the reality of what we hope for. And I'm going to stop right there. Faith is the reality of what we hope for. Then it goes on. I'll read the rest of it. It says, For the proof of what is not seen. And that proof of what is not seen, that's what we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. We're not there yet. We need to get this solidified concerning hope first. In the New Century Version, it says, faith means being sure of the things that we hope for. Being sure of the things that we hope for. And it goes on, it says, and knowing that something is real even though we do not see it. Now, this is a New Living Translation here. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So, there's something I want to tell you, ask you this morning. I want you to think about this. In your life, whether you've been saved a week or a month or five years or six years, or 20 years, I want to ask you this. What are you hoping for Uh, today, last week, tomorrow? What are you hoping for? Do you have, do you have something? Do you have something in the, do you have something in the future? You will have something next week that you want to see happen in your life? A lot of us do. Some of us don't. Well, let me tell you, if you don't, you will receive absolutely nothing from God. Not because because he doesn't want to bless you, and not because he's not good, but because we don't have hope in what he wants for us. See, he wants great and mighty things for you. You know, I've, I, I've said numerous times over the years that God doesn't want to, and I, I used to think that God wanted to mess my life up. And some of you might have thought the same thing. You know, I, I used to think that God wanted, to, wanted me to get rid of all my friends, and I didn't want to get rid of all my friends. God wanted me to, you know, quit doing all the fun things that I used to do, and I didn't want to quit doing all those fun things. But then uh, after I got saved and I started reading the Bible, I realized 
that God wants to take my life, my hopes and dreams, and place his power and his anointing on that and make my life better. Amen? So, so if you're here today, God's not, he don't want to mess your life up. He just wants to rearrange it and change it and make it better. But that will only happen one way. If you place your hope somewhere in what God wants for you. You have to place it somewhere. A few weeks ago, I read the scripture. This is one of my wife's favorite scriptures. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'll say it again. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Has anyone here ever been in a hopeless situation? Oh my goodness, I have. You know, and, and is there anything that is more depressing or more frustrating or more than a hopeless situation? But see, if you're a born-again child of God, there are no hopeless situations for you. Now, you might not know what they are. You might not know what the answers are. But if you're a born-again child of God, there are no hopeless situations for you. You just don't know what they are yet, right? Amen. Amen. So, so, so here, here's a problem. I'm going to review just for a minute. Here's a problem. Before we got saved, we had hope in our ability and our job and all these things. You know, uh, my hope financially used to be in my job. And I knew if I had two or three jobs to go on, I could make money and we could do what we wanted to do and, and everything was fine. But see, after I got saved, I, I finally figured out that I had to switch my hope on my finances from my ability and from so many hours in a day, I had to change that hope over to put my hope in God and my hope in His Word. And that's when I realized, that's when we find out, found out that we have to pay our tithes. God expects us to pay our tithes. So see, that is the hope. So I don't put my, my hope anymore in my ability to earn a living. I put my hope in God. Now, guess, one, guess which one is less likely to fail? God. So see, that's a, that's a very important point that many of us miss. We receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we want to do this, and we want to do that, we want to live for God, but we never make that transition of putting our hope from the natural realm in your natural ability, in my natural ability, over into God's ability. Amen? And we, we, talked, about, uh, we talked about King Saul. You know, he was, uh, Goliath was standing in front of him. And he, uh, King Saul's hope was in his own ability. His hope was in his sword, and he knew he could, his sword wasn't strong enough. His hope was in his armor, and he knew that his armor was not going to defeat Goliath, right? And here David was. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have a shield. He didn't have a helmet. He didn't have anything. But his hope, and we've seen this in the Scripture, but his hope was placed in God. And we see that, the reason we know that he placed his hope in God, because he says, I come to you, talking to Goliath, I come to you in the name of the Lord. So we know that David's hope was not in his little sling, was not in those five smooth stones. 
You know, there, there's something tells me if there hadn't been no stones in that brook, he would have took that sling and wrapped it around that giant's neck and strangled him. Because his hope was not in those five smooth stones. It was in God. Amen? We also talked about Elijah. His hope was in God. But his servant's hope was not in God. So when his servant walked out the door and he seen all these chariots and all these warriors that come to kill him, that come to crucify him and kill him, the servant was frantic. What are we going to do now, the servant asked Elijah. Elijah. What are we going to do now? But see, Elijah's hope was in God. Because Elijah seen that behind all these chariots and warriors that was trying to kill him, behind them was hundreds and hundreds of chariots of fire that was on his side. And Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And that's what my prayer is for you, for this congregation. Lord, open their eyes and see the chariots of fire that are there to help them. Chariots of fire that are there to protect you and watch over you and take you places that you cannot go on your own. All right, here's the, here's the thing. Anytime you talk about, there's numerous things. Anytime you talk about the Holy Spirit, there is always a danger of getting way out there, away from the Word of God, to where it's crazy and fanatical, or... And so you can get the, they get on the ditch on one side, or you can get in the ditch on another side to where it don't matter if the Holy Spirit wanted you to do a give a nickel to the offering. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to do nothing. All right? So that's a danger when you talk about the Holy Spirit. Get in the ditch on one side or get in the ditch on the other side. Well, it's the same thing is true when it comes to faith. You can get on the ditch on one side and uh, just uh, uh, name it and claim it. Some, you know, that's, uh, that's a phrase I've heard, heard many times. You can get in the ditch like that. Just pick something out of the air. You know, I have this great faith and, and I want God to do this for me. And that's what I want. I'm going to believe for that. And it's called, they refer to it as name it and claim it. And I'm just going to stand. I'm going to believe God. Well, that's getting the ditch on one side. And you can name and claim all you want. But if it is not based on God's word and his promises to his children, you might as well do something else. Because you're not going to receive it just because you're naming it and claiming it. All right? The reason you that you might receive from God is because, first of all, you, f you found it in God's Word, and you believe, and you know, and you can prove that God wants you to have this blessing. And then by, by placing your faith and your hope in that and walking in that, I'm not going, I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's, that's for a time to come. So that's one way we can get messed up when we talk about, about faith is getting on the ditch and getting too far out there. All right? Now, that, and that's, that's the way some congregations and some churches are. And then there's the other side of the congregation where they won't believe God for nothing. They wouldn't ever dare pray for the sick. 
You know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, wouldn't dare step out in faith and give $100 uh, uh, as a seed faith uh, to bless anybody or to bless the church or anything. They wouldn't dare step out in faith. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put a shovel in the ground and, and build a building and if they didn't have the money in the bank for, no, for loving their money. They would never step out on faith. But see, this isn't any good either. So what, what God wants us to do and what we should do for every circumstance is let's just stay with the Word of God. Let's just, let's just believe God for what he says is ours. And let me tell you, if we could just do that, we would be blessed beyond comprehension. We wouldn't be worried about name it and claim it and trying to get all this crazy stuff if we could just walk in the things that he, that he has for us. You know, I was preaching one time on, on healing. And, uh, you know, Believe it or not, sometimes healing is a controversial issue. And I was preaching on healing one time at a church, and when I, when I got done, a lady came up to me, and she says, well, you don't believe everybody's going to get healed, do you? And I said, no, I don't believe that at all. I said, but I don't think everybody's going to get saved either, but I'm still going to preach salvation. Right? And I'll tell you, along that lines, any time... And the reason people are against preaching on healing is because what they see with their eyes. Not because of what the Word says, but because of what they see with their eyes. They see so many people with sicknesses and diseases, right? Well, let me tell you something. It took me a long time to learn this. Anytime we make decisions and lead our life by what we see instead of what the Word of God says... You're making a mistake. Do you get that? Anytime. And I can use numerous examples, but I'll just repeat it real simply one more time. Anytime we make decisions in our life by what we see, and if it's contrary to the Word of God, we made a mistake. And the sooner we can learn that, the better off we'll be. You know, the Scripture says... You know, in James, and that's why we pray for the sick here, because it says, if there's any sick among you, let them come, and the, and the leaders of the church will anoint them with oil. That's what the Scripture says. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians, we've been looking at that uh, on Wednesday nights, and it talks about the gift of healing. So we know. We might not have perfect understanding, but we know that God wants good things for us. Amen. Amen. So let's look at that scripture one more time. Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So we have to start with what are we hoping for? What are the things from the Word of God that we want to see active in our lives. What are they? I mean, is it a better marriage? Is it, what is it? Is it peace in your life? Is it your children? What is it? I want to look at a couple of scriptures, one more. Hebrews eleven six. I don't think we have that at the, at the sound booth. But Hebrews eleven six. it says, Without faith, no one can please God. 
I'm going to read it again. Without faith, no one can, can please God. Now, don't that sound harsh? Don't it sound like, you know, like we have to please him? We have to, I mean, what do you want me to do, Lord? Stand on one foot for how long, Lord? How long am I pleasing you yet, Lord? It says without faith, it's impossible to please him. Well, see, finally, here, here, here's what that scripture is talking about. See, God gets great pleasure in blessing his children. That's what he gets great pleasure. I get great pleasure blessing my children. So God gives, he gets great pleasure in blessing his children. But he cannot bless you without faith. Even if you go all the way back to salvation. Because God wanted you saved long before you got saved. But it was only when you put faith in Jesus Christ. Only then was God able to bless you. And only then did he get joy out of that. That makes sense? Only then. And it's true with every other area of God. I could read, the reason I go back to financial issues a lot, because they're so in your face. You know, and money is not the most important thing, except around the 30th of the month, right? <laughs> or maybe it's the 10th, and then all of a sudden it climbs way up the list. So, I could read all kinds of scriptures how God wants to pour out and bless you and open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain, and that's just one of many. There's, uh, uh, let's see, I, I read that. I've done a, just a short study on that. There is over 2,500 uh, scriptures concerning finances in the Bible. Over 2,500. And you know why that is? It's because God knew that finances would be important to his children. He knew that. But only when we start acting upon his word, only then, just like salvation, only then will those blessings come upon us. Only then. You know, God, the, the scriptures tells us about God wanting us to walk in peace and love and joy. And he wants us to have those things. But we will never have them if we walk around as mad as an old bull or an old hen all the time. See, so there's some things that when we receive from God, some things you've just got to step out in. And then when we, and it's just like salvation, everything goes back to salvation. It's just like salvation. You know, there's some things we just got to step out in. And when we step out, well, then the power of God comes. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes we want the power of God to come and then we'll step out. That's not faith. Have you ever noticed when they marched in the scriptures, when they marched around Jericho? They marched around Jericho for seven days. And then, and then they, as scripture says, and they shouted. And when they shouted, what happened? The walls fell down. Now, wouldn't you think in our Christian society today, well, why did they shout before the walls fell down? That don't make no sense. Anybody can shout after the walls fall down. But the, it's the people that know God 
are the ones that will shout before the walls fall down. And that's the way it is in each and every one of our lives. There are things that God wants us to walk in. But we'll never walk in them if we don't make that first step. Because I can't do it. I can't do it. But now remember, if you're born again now, your hope isn't on you. You're playing by a whole other set of rules. You have to step out. And then after you step out, well, then God's power and his blessings and his strength comes upon you. So I ask you again, what are you hoping in? What's your hope? Where, where are you placing your hope at? You know, I can, I, 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 we're, we're out of time. I've got all kinds of scriptures I can show you. Scriptures, and I'll, I'll give you one. That this, is a, this is a Matthew 13, 58. Here Jesus was at his hometown, okay? His hometown. They all knew him and everything, and here he was, and they was probably shouting, and, you know, probably his disciples were saying, yeah, we're going back home, man. It's going to be so good. People are going to be healed and and be set free, and it's going to be so good. And I can just imagine how excited they was to go back to Jesus' hometown. But you know what happened? When they left that town, you know what they were saying? Man, Jesus couldn't do nothing except just heal a few minor ailments is all he could do. And it says, because of their lack of faith. So here Jesus was in the flesh at his hometown, and he wanted to set them free. He wanted to, he wanted to manifest his, the power of God and the love of God, but he couldn't do nothing. Wasn't Jesus' fault. It's because they didn't have faith to receive. So, but before we have faith, we got to have hope. Put that scripture up there one more time. So I ask you today, and, and this is important. This isn't just a play on words. I'm not just entertaining you. I'm not just here earning a, earning a nickel. I'm, I'm try, we're trying to get somewhere, right? We're trying to go somewhere. Amen. It says, faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So the first thing we have to do, what are we hoping for? Is it, you know, just, you know how, is it, is it your marriage? Is it your kids? Is it, you know, just what is it? What are you hoping for? Now, you can't generate this. You can't stir this on your own. Because your hope will come from what God wants for you. And he wants good things for you. Okay? So, I want you to think about it. Let me tell you, if you're not hoping for anything, you're not going to get anything. You're going to get exactly what you had before you got saved. Does anybody want to go back to where before they got saved? No. But see, if we don't continue the process, if we don't do, it's really this simple, and I'll close with this. If we don't take the simple steps and do what we did to get saved, we will never go on and live a life that brings glory to God. And yet, most of us here, if you're here today and you, and you got saved you did what it took. You, you, you gave God, you brought God glory 
whenever you receive Christ into your heart. He got glory from that. You know why? Well, but people everywhere, oh yeah, so-and-so got saved. Man, they're not like they used to be. And they know that you're not good enough to change yourself on your own. No, God did that inside of you. And that brought him glory. And see, we've, and most of us have done that. We have put our hope and trust in him. And when we've done that, things changed inside of us and we brought him glory. Amen. Bow your heads with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we do praise you this morning. Father, just take this jumbled up mess that I've delivered here this morning. And Father, do what only you can do, Father. Father, speak to hearts. Speak to minds. Father, just let them know of your love that you have for them, of the desires that you have for them. Father, we just worship you and we praise you for all that you do. And everybody said, amen. Hebrews 4, 2. Hebrews 4, 2. This is why it's so, so important for you to have something that you're hoping for. Hebrews 4, 2, it says, the good news was preached to was preached to us just like it was them. But teaching they, that they heard did not help them because they heard it but did not accept it by faith. So there will be people here today that will benefit from the sermon I preached. They will look in the Word of God and they'll, they'll see something. They'll, they'll see a, a blessing. They'll see a promise from the Word of God that they desire in their heart. And they'll grab a hold of that. And they'll start thinking about that and start hoping for that. And as time goes on, that can be manifested in their life. And then there's others here that will never open up the Scriptures to find something to put their hope in. They'll never open up the Scriptures to find the blessings of God for their life. So we just have to decide which camp are, are we going to be in. And it's really, it's not about us being satisfied in life. You know, it's not about, you know, my bills are paid, my, my wife, my kids are great, I'm, I'm good, I just, I don't need anything else. It, it's not about that. It's about living a life that brings glory and honor unto Him. Oh, and that makes me think about the, the parable of the, of, the, of the talents. You had one, one person had all of these talents. And you had another person had three talents and one talent. And they wasn't judged by quadrupling or whatever it might be, their talents that they had. What they was judged by, were they faithful with the talents that God gave them? See, that's, that's it. If we will just be faithful, with the talents that God has given us, that will bring glory unto him. That will lift him up in our, in our lives. Glory to God. 
I'm done. If you have a need this morning, please come. Stand with us, please. Thank you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.